All right, here we go with the news for October 20th, 2020. Uh, a little bit to go through, not too much going on, but I was listening to some earlier episodes that I did, and you know, even though I know I knew, I still do a lot of mouth popping, clicking, and swallowing, which I just did there, I swallowed. I've noticed I've gotten a lot better, I think. At least I think I have. Maybe, maybe I haven't. I don't know. It's really hard to listen to yourself. So tonight we go back to work. Hopefully, I don't know what's going on. Our tractor's in Denver, apparently, getting fixed, so we're in this rental. Whenever you get into a loaner truck, they're usually, bas basically, they're an ashtray. You know, everybody loans them. They don't take care of them. The, the, the smokers the, keep the wind. This, apparently, this guy kept the window closed when he smoked. Everything's a little sticky from nicotine. It's disgusting. And I'm not real picky about such things, but uh, I am with this. My hands smell like cigarettes. It's disgusting. So anyway, that's my drama. So I went flying the drone today. Yeah, I got a little Mavic Mini. I went flying through the park. First off, I was cruising through the park at low level, trying to get used to flying the thing. And it's been really windy. I haven't been able to fly a lily. And what did I do? Ran right into a tree. <laughs> Ran right into a tree. And, uh, you know, as for my phone, it didn't end. Um, and uh, I'm trying to work on that. I think I've gotten better. And then on my, and then on, I did, as I did it again, then what I did was I was trying to fly um, around a little more and I have a, I have an iPhone 6S and on the Mavic mini, your phone is the screen for the, for the drone. It plugs into the controller, you know, it's your phone. And apparently it doesn't give you a low battery warning when you're in the uh, drone mode, you know, when you're in that app. So as I was flying it, all of a sudden my phone died, and it was like, oh, God. Luckily, I knew exactly where the drone was, and but I was having a hard time. you know. So I maneuvered in and over, and it was a somewhat clear area, but it didn't get clear enough, and I whacked another tree. And then, luckily, this thing beeps when it uh, hits the ground. So I had to go sit there and go find the beeps, listen for the beeps. I went hiking through the woods. I found it pretty quickly, but it wasn't a big deal. So, yes, I'm a better truck driver than I am a drone pilot, but I'm getting there. And like I said, it's just a little Mavic Mini, you know, so. Anyway, I thought that was kind of fun. I went out and took some fall color photos today. Maybe I'll post them next week on the Facebook page. Anyway, like I said, you can listen to, you know, you can go see more photos on the Facebook page or, you know, Trucking with Kingfish on the Facebook page, or you can listen to whatever it is you listen to on here. So, all right, let's get on with the show for October 20th, 2020. All right, here we go. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation. Checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Mm. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish. Right here. All right. <clears throat> it looks like over on I-10 at uh, mile marker 620 over in Texas. That's a sequin 
S-E-G-U-I-N, Sequin, Texas. I don't go down I-10, so at least I haven't been down there for quite a while. If anybody goes through there, let me know. So anyway, you pull underneath the scale, and they got a you know an awning over the top of the scale. It's supposed to be a high-tech inspection station, you know, equipped with $1 million worth of technology designed to detect violations. I tried to say that ominously, but probably didn't. So anyway, here's the features of this place. Uh, the inspection facility features a four-lane awning for trucks to pull under for an initial screening. Those that pass the screening will be allowed to continue, while those that don't will be subjected to additional inspections. Other features at the new facility include a weigh-in-motion sensor. Well, that's not new. An overheight detector. That's not new. A pit for DPS troopers and inspectors to more easily inspect brakes, landings, and other items from underneath the truck. No, that's not new. A 90-foot platform scale, the only one like it in the state, that allows inspection officials to weigh an entire truck at once. Oh, do, they, do they not have long scales in Texas? Quite honestly, I'm not sure. I don't I don't know. There's just that one on I-40, but over there by, uh, was it Shamrock? But they very rarely pull you in, so I don't remember what it was like. I think it was a platform scale. I don't remember. It's been a while. Hazardous materials placard and carrier identification sensors connected to a computer database that identify cre uh, credentialing violation history, and if the vehicle is under a federal out-of-service order. Ooh, that is new. At least I think it's new. That sounds pretty. But that's good, because I don't really want people going down a road on placard, you know, not placarded properly. And a thermal imaging... Let me try that again. A thermal imaging array examines the truck's wheels and brakes for abnormalities. Abnormalities. Oh, those big words are getting me again. Such as defective brakes. Well, you know, it's not new either, but it makes sense. I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. Maybe it'll save somebody, some somebody's life, these things not falling apart. So, uh, who's leaving me a message? Hello, this is Mary Newton. How are you today? Hello? Oh, somebody's leaving me a message. You know, it's probably, I've been getting a lot of your car warranties up would you like to extend your warranty i'm getting like 10 of those a day it's ridiculous it's on the house phone off the uh off the cable because we get it the cable yeah that's where our house phone is and nobody ever, we hardly ever use a phone and we, we got it for free so it just sits there but i don't know if that came through or not if you could hear that but uh last time it was uh, uh was it eric eric trump it was eric or or trump jr and then they started playing the proud to be an american song and then you know he had like some kind of town hall meeting or something and you know you've been invited and like we're some kind of special guest or something now i didn't want to hear any of that crap from either party i don't want to hear it from any of them it's too time consuming got too much to go on so anyway this is what's going on in texas on the i-10 so if you're down there in i-10 at the 620 mile marker uh, going east in Sequin, Texas. Watch out for this new scale because it's probably going to be open for a while because they're going to want to get their money back because they spent a lot of money on this thing. So just be on the lookout. All right, let's see what else we got today. All right, I'm not sure if we talked about this one or not. So many trucking companies gone out of business, but 
Apparently, a Texas logistics company says that they are closing their trucking division in order to focus on rail transportation. Dallas, Texas-based Trinity Logistics Group will be permanently closing the company confirmed to CDL Life. By the way, this is a CDL Life article. According to FMSCSA, uh, Trinity Logistics employs 102 drivers and operates 150 power units. The company specialized in flatbed and heavy haul services. All right, looks like they're going to keep their rail portion and they're closing the trucking portion. Hmm. Seems to be happening a lot. I think we might have talked about these guys earlier. I'm not sure. It's uh, There's so many closures, it's hard to keep track of them all. All right. Well, here's a bizarre one. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, that's the EEOC, filed suit against trucking company USF Holland. LLC, that's a YRC corporation, under YRC Worldwide. Um, anyway, it's one of their subsidiaries. They do all the local stuff. Anyway, uh, October 13th, right? the allegation occurred at the U.S. Holland, it's just one terminal, at the USF Holland terminal located in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Uh, according to the EEOC, USF Holland has employed virtually no females as truck driver in the Olive Branch location dating back to the opening of the terminal in 1986. Authorities say that as of May 2016, more than 100 truck drivers were employed at the Olive Branch location. And none of them were women. So basically, it's a sexual discrimination hiring thing. And uh, apparently, they're saying that, uh, you know, USF Holland in uh, Olive Branch, Mississippi has hired no women since 1986 when they first opened the terminal. Well, okay, hire some more women, problem solved. All right. I could, <laughs> that's a long time not to hire any women, though. There are more women in truck driving these days. So, I, you know, in the early 80s and 90s, okay, I can understand it. But in the 2000s, there's a lot more women driving. So if they didn't hire any women, you know, I don't know if any, it doesn't say in the article whether any have applied or not. So I guess that would have a lot to do with it. If they haven't had any good, you know, any any candidates that apply it, then, uh, then I can understand why they didn't have them. But in that length of time, I'm, I kind of doubt. I bet you they just for whatever reason they just had an old boys network thing going on but you know i'm per my feeling is hire the best person for the job that's how i feel about it i don't care if it's man woman hispanic uh, black white i don't really care just hire the best person for the job all right let's get on damn it drivers anti-social are we so anyway here's what happened truck driver memphis tennessee Pulled up to the window at the KFC. He ordered some food, okay? This is October 13th, all right? This is a news release. For, and then the Memphis Police Department asked for the public's help in this. So this is how I saw it. And in, in, uh, it's also in a CDLA article. But I saw the news report also. Anyway, the charges stem from uh, an October 10th shooting at a KFC restaurant located at 6262 Winchester in Memphis, Tennessee. So what happened was this guy... Driver went up to the window, ordered some food. They got the order wrong. Didn't say what they got wrong. He drove off. He came back. He went back to the window. He complained that they got the wrong. They got the order wrong. They gave him back his money. I don't know. Maybe he gave him back the food. I don't know what the deal was. They gave him back the money. And then as he was driving off, he started spraying the business down with bullets. All right. So <laughs> I don't know what to think about that. And luckily, nobody got hurt. So if you have if you have any information about it, the the guy was you know, he's, he's over six foot tall, uh, he's a big guy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, 
you got any information about this, uh, call 528-CASH or uh, www.crimestopmem. Uh, yeah, crimestopmem. And uh, it's a $1,000 reward for this. Uh, I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if this is just insane. To, you know, don't, it seems like a, a little overkill for getting the order wrong to shoot the place up. Well, here's one that's going to piss a lot of people off. And doesn't make a lot of sense. So court overturns, this is a CDL Life article, you can go look it up there. Court overturns convictions against former pilot flying J executives accused of duping truckers. You know, this is a few years back when pilot and flying J, they were screwing drivers, you know, on the payments and the discounts or bonuses or something. So anyway, a Tennessee court has thrown out convictions against high-ranking former pilot flying J staffers for a years-long scheme to defraud small business truckers. Yeah, they were going after the small business guys. Due to a racist secret recording played during the trial. The secret, the, the secret, the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals has overturned the conviction of former pilot Flying J President Mark Hazelwood, former Vice President Scott Wombold, and former Regional Account Representative Heather Jones, according to a Wednesday report from the Knoxville News Sentinel. On February 15, 2018, Hazelwood was found guilty on charges of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and mail fraud in connection with an infamous diesel fuel rebate scheme which involved pilot flying J employees making false promises to deliver discounted fuel to drivers who they believed were to be uns too unsophisticated and they noticed that they were being conned. Follow so basically they said you're going to get a discount and then they screwed them out of the, did the money they were supposed to get. Following a 2013 raid of company headquarters, pilot flying J took responsibility for the fraud scheme and paid out $92 million in fines to the federal government, along with $85 million in settlements. So they were really screwing people. You know, $85 million is a lot of money, especially for a small independent owner-operator. So Wombold, probably not saying that right, and Jones, Jones is easy one to say, were also found guilty of charges connected on the scheme. Hazelwood was later sentenced to 150 months in prison. Hazelwood was the president. Remember, the other two were lackeys. So on Wednesday, October 14th, two of the three judges on the panel sided with Hazelwood's appeal and ruled that U.S. District Judge Curtis Collier had erred in allowing prosecutors to play secret recordings of Hazelwood making racist comments during a company meeting in Rockwood in October 2012. So basically the way this guy got off is because he said a bunch of racist shit and it was recorded. The judge allowed it in the initial trial, him saying all this racist crap. And that's, they said that he shouldn't have, they shouldn't have allowed that during the trial. Oh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So I guess two wrongs do make a right. So anyway, the use of the audio recordings in this case jumped the rails of federal rules. Even if somehow otherwise admissible, the recordings are a textbook violation of federal rules because of the risk of unfair prejudice. Any uh, probate valve, whatever that means, judges wrote in a major opinion. Eh, put a fancy word in there. It makes it makes it okay. In the recording, you can hear Hazelwood say, "Ask where's your where's our greasy," and then it's they don't put the word racial slur song. Hmm. Court records show that former salesperson Arnie Rattenclotter responded to Hazelwood's request by asking, "How's that sensitivity training coming?" While a racist David Allen co-song plays during the recording, you can reportedly hear Hazelwood and other Flying J employees singing along 
David Allen Coe. When, when did David Allen Coe put out a racist song? I don't remember. I don't remember any. I don't listen to David Allen Coe, but I mean, I, get, I don't know. Maybe he has one. If anybody knows, let me know. Four one four six 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 one nine one nine two six. That's four one four six 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 one nine two six. Leave me a message and uh, play it in the show because I honestly don't know. It doesn't say what song it is. I don't listen to that stuff, so I honestly don't know. At the time that Judge Collier allowed the playing of the recordings in court in January 2018, he said they were printed, permitted as a response to the defense's argument that Hazelwood was too smart to engage in activity that would have hurt the company that he worked for. Hmm. Let me read that again. At the time that Judge Collier allowed the playing of the recordings in court in January 2018, he said they were permitted as a response to the defense's argument that Hazelwood was too smart to engage in activity that would have hurt the company that he worked for. Wow. So so basically he was stealing from, from the drivers. And the defense's argument was is that he was too smart so that they should let him off because he wouldn't hurt the company because he was smart. So I guess they were saying it was okay to steal from the owner-operators and the small guys because he was smart. Wow, that's some cocky-ass shit. So, anyway, Carlier at the time explained his decision to allow the jury to hear the recordings. If it became known the president of Pilot engaged in vile, despicable, inflammatory racial epitaphs against African Americans, this could lead to boycotts and protests. This is a developing story. Wow, this is really bizarre. This guy is literally was going to get 150 months in jail. All right, you know, that's a long time, you know, 150 months in jail. You know, that's, what, 11, 12, 13 years? And I guess he's, you know, served a couple of years. Or he's been in custody. But he's going to get off. He's literally going to get off. Because they got him recording a bunch of racist shit. And it was played at the at the trial. So I guess it doesn't matter that he actually, what he did, it matters that he, they violated his rights by playing the racist shit in court. Wow, this, you know, this is really bizarre. I really don't understand this one. But, you know, so like I said, two wrongs make a right. What a scumbag. Yeah, you know, I thought he was a scumbag before when he was ripping people off. Now I really think he's a scumbag. Ugh. All right, if I hear any more about this, I'll post it. But it's just ridiculous. All right, let's get moving on. All right, this one we reported on quite a while ago. A uh, driver from the Ice Road Trucker show. I guess he was on for five seasons, Art Burke. I guess I had stopped watching it, and I don't remember this guy. But anyway, he's uh, going to jail. He was sentenced. doesn't say. Apparently, uh, 18 months of house arrest. That's what he got. 18 months of house arrest after he pled guilty to a charge of arson by negligence. Apparently, he blew up his apartment. He created some kind of explosive and a major explosion in his yellow knife apartment while he was trying to make shatter a concentrated cannabis substance made with butane I, I never heard of this trying to make shatter a concentrated cannabis substance made with butane never heard of this so anyway he blew up his apartment and caused sixty thousand dollars of the damage and uh, sent him to the hospital for nearly two weeks so that's what's going on there so uh, I don't know. <laughs> Just, uh, I guess don't make, uh, shatter, whatever the hell that is. Never heard of it. I guess I'm getting old. I never heard of this stuff. All right. Here's one. Uh, four days ago, this is a different kind of story. 
you know. So anyway, if you're out in South Dakota near Bearsford, B-E-R-E-S-F-O-R-D, South Dakota. Okay, anyway, near Bearsford, this guy's driving a truck. He's in South Dakota on Bearsford. Uh, I'm probably not saying it right again. On the 30th, and I've been uh, uh, able to locate. Okay, here, here's, God, I'm screwing this up. Let me start over from the beginning. It's a picture of a cat. Okay, I'll try to post a picture of the cat in the show notes. This here is my best friend, Mr. He got out of the rig in Bearsford, South Dakota on the 30th, and I've been unable to locate him, nor has the kind of folk who have been assisting. Being a, oh, I don't know why I'm saying it in that accent. Being a truck driver makes it hard to be around. However, I'll be there sometime on the 14th. If anyone in the area knows of anyone who may know him or knows his whereabouts, we were offering a large reward for the return of this guy. He's grown up on my lap in the semi. It's devastating not having him with us. Uh, he had on a blue collar when he escaped the truck, and I truly believe he is still roaming around Bearsford. My heart goes out or hurts over his loss. Any information now appreciated, and I hope someone out there sees this, share it, and you know, uh, make him famous. Facebook just long enough for this group to find him. Thank you for all your help so far. More details. He's got very large fuzzy nuts. Well, that's a very strange thing to say. Uh, yeah, I have two cats. I don't know if, if if I don't know if they have large nuts or not. Uh, it, it's not something I ever really, <laughs> I never really looked. Um, very soft belly. He loves to nose bump. He goes by Mr. Mr. Man and Mr. Meowgi. He's very vocal and in your face. I'm begging, please help me find my buddy. I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't find him in the next 48 hours. I can't stand to leave town again. I'm empty handed and I hate the thought of giving up hope. Contact me with any information uh, via text, please. And then the phone number is 563. 563- 506-7967. That's 563-506-7967. And I'll try to uh, see if I can put a picture of this guy and see if we can do that. Uh, I think we can do that. So anyway, if you see this cat over in Brailsford, it's kind of a grayish kind of a thing. Uh, with a blue collar, call this guy at 563-506-7967. And then call the show and let me let me know that you found him. That would be pretty cool. But uh, it's a, kind of a strange description of him. But hey, man, if it works, so much the better. All right, let's get on with the show. Let's see what else do we got today. We're almost done. All right, here's something out of Scotland. And uh, it's pretty fitting. Lorry driver is what they call truck drivers over there. Lorry drivers. I don't know where the word comes from. Uh, anybody want to call me? Tell me. 414-666-1926. Nobody ever calls. But if you did, I'd like to know. Anyway, send a picture of your truck, too. I'd like to see what your trucks look like. So anyway, lorry driver has traveled almost a 1,000 miles through two storms on a vintage tractor to honor the, to honor the memory of his late friend and work colleague. Almost went into it. This is from the Mercury, the Weston Whirl and Somerset Mercury. It's a Scottish newspaper, I imagine. So, anyway, Martin Chaplin of Yatan, I assume that's in Scotland, shared the dream of attempting a once in a lifetime adventure from John O'Groats, that's a place, John O'Groats, to Land's Inn on his rusty 1966 International with companion Kev Crandon of Whirl. However, the inseparable friends never got to make the historic road trip together. Kev, age 67, who was also a lorry driver, they're both truck drivers, 
died following a fall from a trailer on January 16th of this year. So the older man kept passed away. Okay, the other guy was like 45. That was Martin. So the dad of three, Martin, always felt that the idea was just pub talk. All right? So, you know, the young guy, he thought, eh, just having a few beers and they're just talking smack. Okay? Until the vicar, uh, I don't know what a vicar, I think it's like a priest or something. Anyway, until the vicar at Kev's funeral, oh, priest, read a eulogy written by Kev's daughter, Lorraine, which explained how much her dad was looking forward to tackling the route. So Kev, the man who passed away, really wanted to do this route with his buddy. You know, during COVID, things are slowed down, and, you know, he's a good-looking dude. You know, he's got a nice smile. He's probably a good time at the pub. So that's what they were doing. So anyway... Having been forced to cancel the family summer holiday in Spain due to the coronavirus pandemic, Martin set about planning the Coast to Coast tribute. All right, this is a tribute to Martin's doing a tribute to his buddy Kev. After the plot, after plotting his route to avoid motorways, Martin set eight days cruising along A roads and country lanes at an average speed of 13 miles an hour. It's a nice big tractor. It's not like that movie. Yeah, it's a pretty good sized tractor. So anyway, he battled on he battled on despite suffering two breakdowns, a fuel leak which required a new gasket, as well as being battered by 90 mile per hour winds and rain as he plowed through Storm Helen and Francis. Uh, driving through Storm Helen in a storm is kind of funny actually. Anyway, the trucker was also pulled over and handed a $100 fine. Well, it's a I don't know what the money is they use over there. It just says $100 fine by a traffic officer before finally reaching the windswept Cornish outpost. All right, so Martin fought back tears as he posed with his family beside the world-famous Lands Inn sign clutching a banner featuring the picture of the father of three, Kev. So Kev had three kids. Uh, Martin said, I was really emotional when I completed the journey. I was thinking, we did it, mate. I had tears in my eyes when we got there. No way would I have ever quit, even though I had broken down. I didn't care how much it was going to cost to repair it. I wasn't going to stop. I was on a journey and I had a goal. Kev wanted to do it, but it what but he wasn't able to, so I did it for us. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. You know, I'm looking at the picture of Kev, the man who passed away, and his grandchildren from last Christmas. Looks like a nice group, you know, like a nice family. So, except for the one kid on the right, he looks a little sneaky. The tall one, he looks a little sneaky. So, anyway, he added, I had a lump in my throat. When the eulogy was read out, and that's when I realized I had to do it. So basically, the you know the the vicar had read this thing out, and then he realized how much it had meant to his buddy. And at his eulogy, he just decided he had to go for it. It says here, I didn't know that Kev was so excited about it. I was gutted we didn't get to do it together. I was doing okay and was really enjoying driving across the Scottish roads and lanes because it is so beautiful up there. But it started to get harder when I got to the roads I knew. When I got to Gloucestershire, 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 God damn it. When I got to Gloucestershire, Gloucestershire, God, can somebody just put in some words once and I don't screw up one? Just, I'd like to get through one article without screwing up a word. You know, Gloucestershire. I hit the wall a bit. I had enough. That was when fatigue started to set in. It doesn't say how far into the trip it was at that point. Then I got back to uh, Brent Knoll on A38 near Burnham. Kev's ashes were scattered on the top of the, of the knoll, so I gave him a wave as I pat, went by and told him I was going to finish the trip. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. Kevin Martin met when Martin's job to, uh, Martin took a job as a driver at Stoll Concrete Factory in Yetton 15 years ago. Kev took the new starter under his wing and taught him everything he knew about driving for the firm, which makes concrete blocks for residential and commercial properties. Martin added, Kev was just the loveliest bloke. They say bloke over there. He would help anyone with anything before they even asked and was always down on the farm with me getting stuck in anything we were doing. He was always in good spirits and my kids loved it when he came to us for Sunday dinner. He was tough too. I remember once the side railing of a lorry fell down and hit him straight on the top of the head. I expected him to hit the ground, but he just rubbed his head and carried on. He was a special bloke and absolute diamond. We all miss him. So basically, uh, Martin covered 927 miles on his pilgrimage, traveling from 15 to 130 miles a day. And uh, apparently his daughter said that the John O'Groats trip was something he always wanted to do. Well, you know what? He couldn't do it, but his best buddy did it. And that's something right there, right? I think that's something. I, even though I butchered the the name of the cities here. Gloucestershire? Ugh, if anybody knows, let me know, will ya? I gotta stop screwing up these words. Maybe I should like have Google the computer pronounce them or something, so at least I know what they sound like. Alright, let's get moving on. Wow, in the trucking world, this is a huge deal. Trayton's $3.7 billion, $3.7 billion buyout of Navistar. The latest highlight of the global nature of trucking. All right. After nearly 10 months on the table and with mutual interest surviving a global pandemic, just reading off the article, it saw truck orders slump to record lows for two consecutive months. Volkswagen's commercial truck business, Trayton, is set to acquire Navistar for nearly $3.7 billion. I didn't know Volkswagen had a commercial truck vision, division. Uh, after sitting on the offer of $43 a share for more than a month, Navistar Friday morning countered an expiring take-it-or-leave-it letter from Trayton with a higher asking price of $44.50. The figure put forward by the maker of international trucks came with the support of the company's two largest stakeholders, Carl Icahn. Seems like Carl Icahn's always in the middle of all these things. And MHR Fund Management, LLC. Buck uh, fifty doesn't sound like a lot, but when you own almost 17 million shares, I guess it doesn't hurt to ask. That's what the article says. So, basically, uh, Volkswagen Group is buying Navistar. Well, I'm not a big Navistar guy, but, you know, hey, whatever works. So, we're going to, I don't know, maybe they'll rebrand the trucks. I don't know. Honestly, I had no idea that, that uh, Volkswagen had it. I guess I should have figured out they did. He knows anything about it. That's oh, a gang of it. Call 414-666-1926. All right, let's get moving on. All right. I guess there's more news articles than I thought. America's most dangerous roads for truck drivers. Two interstate stretches, two U.S. highway spans, and a state route top the list. So the U.S. Highway 2 in Montana. I've never been across U.S. 2 in Montana. Uh, according to University of Minnesota, U.S. Highway 2 in Montana has the highest traffic death rate compared to the rest of the highway. Winter weather conditions make it particularly dangerous. This 760-mile stretch of US-2 from the Washington state line to east of Bainesville is prone to high winds, blizzards, and black ice. It runs through extremely rural areas that are far apart from each other. The emergency response time of ambulances averages 80 minutes. Because of the limited populations, there is not much traffic, and so people tend to drive fast. I also imagine there's probably not much cell phone coverage out there either. 
All right, here's the next one. U.S. Highway 550 in Colorado, the Million Dollar Highway. I haven't been across this one either. The Million Dollar Highway is a portion of U.S. Highway 550 in Colorado from Cork. God damn it, another word I can't say. Couray to Silverton. I got its name because it, it got its name because it cost a million dollars to build all the way back in the 1880s. The 25 mile stretch of the highway has many twists and turns through the mountains, sitting to an elevation of up to 11,000 feet. The weather in this part of the country can be erratic with frequent snow, ice, and high winds. Several months of the year, what makes this stretch of 550 especially dangerous for truckers is the lack of shoulders or guardrails, and the drop off can be extremely deep, steep. Yeah, they show a picture of it. It looks pretty, pretty steep there. I don't think I'd want to. I don't want to be on the on the open side. Wow, that's pretty, pretty treacherous looking. Interstate 95 in Connecticut. I've certainly been up there. So Interstate 95 runs for more than 1,900 miles from Holton, Maine, to Miami. It's one of the nation's oldest highways, and it is the longest running north-south interstate in the country because it runs through numerous populated, uh, heavily populated cities, especially in the Northeast. I-95 accounts for many highway fatalities each year. The majority of accidents on this highway happen on an eight-mile stretch in the city of Norwalk, Norwalk, Connecticut. Winter storms, heavy spring rains, and occasional high wind add to the risk of potential tractor-trailer wrecks. All right, Interstate 10 in Arizona has definitely been there. I don't know why that would be a big deal there. It's pretty flat. Arizona's share of Interstate 10 totals more than 360 miles because of the high traffic volume and lack of medium barriers. The 150-mile span from Phoenix to the California border is among the nation's most dangerous highways. It averages about 85 fatalities per year. This is just one actual fuel. St- there is just one actual fuel stop located at the halfway point in Coldfoot. I, I could have swore there was more fuel stops than that along there, but maybe there isn't. This section of I-10 consists of long desert stretches with 10 to little drivers in the inattention. I-10 is part of the original interstate highway network, which started in 1956 and is America's fourth largest interstate highway. Huh, what I thought it was a little longer than that. And the Dalton Highway in Alaska. Alaska's James W. Dalton Highway, known as the Dalton Highway and Route 11, is a highly dangerous road, mainly because it winds through mountain terrain. It has one fuel stop and little access to emergency services. The Dalton Highway runs 414 miles from Fairbanks to Dead Horse. And who the hell names their town Dead Horse? And is the main road for truckers from Fairbanks to the northern areas of the state. It's infamous for dangerously icy driving conditions. So those are the ones that Freight Waves picks. I would have to add US 6 over in Utah. Uh, long, windy, not much out there. It can be quite dangerous in the winter and it can be a little scary. I would add that one to the, the list. And let's see what else. Well, 70, across Vale area during the winter. It'd be a little treacherous. I don't know. There's a few other places. So, I don't know. What's your list? Those are mine. Well, those are the ones they put up, but I would add US 6. I can't think of anything else, really. All right, here, let's go. Oh, we're still recording. Oh, I hit the wrong button. Okay, here we go. Well, it looks like YRC is hurting for drivers. Well, let me, just for clarity, I used to work there. I left. I couldn't take it anymore. So there's a lot of good people working there. I just didn't like what they were doing. So, like, not making money. So anyway, YRC is offering up to a $7,500 bonus for new hires. 
Uh, it's not, you know, it's like, it's like, this reminds me of like when you, like your cable bill, you know, if you renew your like phone contract or your cable bill, if you're a new customer, they give you the world. And if you're an old customer, they don't give you shit. So it's the older ones you need to keep because they're the guys who know how everything works. It's not the young guys. I mean, you need the young guys, but you need the older guys too. Plus the older guys did take a pay cut to keep you in business. So if you can afford a $7,500 bonus, maybe you should be paying them. So anyway, YRC will determine which region should implement the bonus plan to hire new drivers and the local unions have the discretion to approve or decline the plan. If approved at the local level, current employees who are still under the company's new higher wage progression program, usually the first two years of employment will be bumped up to 100% pay rate for their applicable jobs. If any one of the companies or locations in a city or region implements the plan, all locations in the area are expected to participate in a program. Uh, apparently they're going to pay this out over 18 months. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about this. So, uh, it, it, you know, <laughs> it's kind of a slap in the face to the older hires, but you know, if that's your thing and you want to go there, yeah, go for it. But I don't know. I think they should be paying a bonus to the guys or they should be, you know, I'm kind of ranting right now, but they should pay a bonus to the older guys who have been there for a while doing the job, not, uh, not the new drivers, you know, uh, I'm not against new drivers getting anything. I just, I just think it's kind of silly that, uh, I don't know. Just, I don't I have no words for this. It's so stupid. You know, just if you if you pay the drivers what they're worth, they'll stay. And if they stay, then you won't have to go begging for new drivers to come on. So, all right, let's get on with the show. So stupid. I guess the the thing that chaps my ass about this is the fact that the older drivers took a pay cut. And they took a fifteen percent pay cut to keep the company in business, and now they're offering the bonuses to the newer drivers to come on. Well, if they would pay give the drivers back their 15% that they gave up to keep the company in business, which was supposed to be temporary, which somehow became permanent. Uh, maybe they wouldn't have to hire so many new drivers. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Either way, it's a, it's a raw deal. And I think it's probably going to make more older drivers leave. And it's certainly going to destroy morale. So teach their own, whatever they want to do. Good luck with it. Well, it looks like that's all. Oh, I'm losing my voice. Looks like that's all I got for today. I, uh, I just went a little longer than I thought it was going to be. Anyway, news is coming out on Tuesdays from now on. Hope everybody stays safe. Hopefully this week we don't get hit by a drunk driver like we did last week, which really screwed up the week. So hopefully you will be safe and not get hit by a drunk driver also. Just, uh, just been a strange week. But uh, I'll be glad to get back to normal and you know, do what I do best, which is drive. It's quite honestly the only thing I really know how to do these days. Um, oh, I did it. Um, damn it. Yes, you don't listen because I'm a professional prod, uh, broadcaster. You listen because I'm a truck driver and I'm in the field and I'm on the ground doing the job. That's why you listen. You don't listen because I've got the pretty voice or the perfect equipment or the sound is you know the sound is perfect because it isn't and i don't have the best voice but i am a truck driver and i am on the ground and i am doing the job i know what i speak of for the most part and when i don't i'll try to admit when i don't 
turn out to sound like I know what I'm talking about when I don't. So that's what it is. And I comment on the stories because I wonder about them too sometimes. Some of the things they put up are, you know, in the news are just quite strange. I don't know. I don't know what to think. So anyway, that's all I got for today. I hope everybody stays safe. I'm going to try to put the picture of the cat in the show notes or in the, uh, you know, in the lead there, picture of the cat. And then, you know, the phone numbers in the, in the thing. So, you know, if you find this guy's cat in South Dakota, give him a call. That would be pretty cool. That'd be really cool if that guy found his cat. Yeah, that would be really cool. So anyway, that being said, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. I hope everybody has a beautiful week, and I will talk to you later. Kingfish out.